a piece of hope podcast conversations stories advice from the autism community for the autism community all right so i have michael and shannon here who are going to talk to us a little bit about what's it like to go on the journey from being newly diagnosed with autism to everything that they've dealt with and done in the the track of life and dealing with those things that they have taken so welcome guys hi thank you for having us Thanks, Andrew. Welcome to our podcast, everyone. We are so happy you're here and that you're here to share your story. To get started, can you guys tell us a little bit about what it was like and how you came to the diagnosis of autism for Joseph? Um, Well, I guess for me, Shannon, I um, always knew something quite wasn't right with Joseph. Um, He had had been diagnosed with sensory processing disorder and we'd been in therapy for that for a year and I just didn't feel like any improvements were being made and I was extremely frustrated um he was going weekly Michael was taking him and um there's just no improvements so I just kind of messaged my pediatrician and said listen something's going on I'm concerned I knew I had done some research and ADHD was a little He was a little too young for that. So I said autism was the next thing I knew that would maybe get us some help. We were told by other people, other doctors, and um, have we thought about getting him tested? Because there are people out there that will say, hey, have we thought about getting him tested? So if you hear that, please, I would listen to him. It doesn't hurt to get tested because if he doesn't... um, have autism or she doesn't have autism hey great but if you don't listen to it and it goes longer in life then it becomes harder to treat Um, and actually for you to learn how to uh, cope and uh, help your child so I would definitely get tested if you think there's something wrong as soon as possible better than late later yes so um, after kind of doing the whole sensory processing for a year we um, got the referral, and thankfully, it only took us about two months to get into Marcus. And we went in February of 2017, and he was diagnosed with autism that day. Um, to say it was a joyful day, um, in a way, it was a happy day. In a way, it was a very sad day. But I will say the best thing about it was is that where before Joseph didn't have access to, let's say, private speech because he barely passed the test, so to speak. Um, so his language, he was pretty nonverbal. And with the autism diagnosis came the conversational speech and came the occupational therapy, but geared more toward the autism and then came also... ABA. Yeah, so if you're having issues with getting services that you think your child needs, but you don't have that diagnosis, with that diagnosis, it opens up many different doors uh, that you'll find out from Marcus or other companies that do the testing. Marcus Institute's amazing. They give you exactly what you need after the diagnosis, as well as for groups that will help you through uh, your transition. What were your emotions leading up to the day of the diagnosis? How can other families prepare for the big day? I think the biggest thing was knowing that it was an all-day appointment. So um, you already have a quote-unquote different child 
um, but you're also going into a safe environment that gets it. So um, preparing was just mentally for us, just, I mean, really just praying about it and talking with friends and family and just, you know, being prepared as best you can um, and then just having enough stuff for Joseph to do. I would say don't be prepared. Because you, you <laughs> That's want, a good idea, too. You want Joseph to be, or your son or daughter, to be as crazy as they can, or as normal as they can. So you don't try to tell them to be nice or sweet oh, yeah. or don't sit down or listen. Just let them be themselves because that's going to give them the best... Uh, you're going to get the best accurate, accurate diagnosis mm-hmm. because if you don't do that and if you try to be on your best behavior, you can be on your best behavior, but let your child <laughs> do whatever you want, you know? Um, that's what I was told and that's what we did. We just, you know, said, hey, Joseph, go at it. This um, is him? This is him. Figure out what, what can we do to, you know, fix him. Um, and I think that's the best way to be prepared is just to go to it. I think you definitely need both parents there, though, yes. because it was definitely a very divide-and-conquer atmosphere. I would be back answering questions while Michael was in the room with Joseph while he was going through some testing because they wanted that familiar face with the child at all times. So it was definitely a need for either both parents or a grandparent to be present um, because there was a lot of divide-and-conquer that day with questionnaires that I was not necessarily expecting. As far as the testing went, can you give families an idea or at least just a look into what it looked like for Joseph for when they were working with him to determine if he had autism or not? Well, I mean, it looks like they're, um, if you've been to a therapy appointment with your son, uh, they play with him. Uh, They give him different uh, toys to play with to see what they do with him. Can he stack the 10 blocks? That's Uh, a big thing, families. Yes, lower (laughs) Stacking 10 blocks. (laughs) Who would have thought? But uh, if you can stack 10 blocks, if you can uh, sort things, uh, what does he play with? Can he share? Can he, you know, pull things? Does he pull things away from people? Stuff like that. It really wasn't... uh, testing as much as it was for the therapist to just see how he interacts with people. Uh, it may be different with other people. Uh, that's what I saw. Um, uh, not really sure. There were like cards or stuff like that, but it's just like a regular yeah. therapy appointment uh, with a the therapist. Uh, it just takes longer because there's different aspects of that uh, appointment. One uh, where he's playing, one where he's uh, looking at uh, pictures of boys and girls saying boy or girl stuff like that Um, that's what I remember of that appointment if that's no that's yeah I just remember they'll you know they blew bubbles to see if he would follow Mm -hmm. they would say his name to see if he would react to that Um, that probably was emotional too because then you start seeing okay oh you know they're taking notes or whatever but I tried not to read too much into the note taking or any of that stuff um but it, it was very play-based, so he, he felt comfortable, um, and he was himself during that <laughs> yeah, day. <laughs> he was. He was Joseph. <laughs> did, any, did anything change with your friends and family after you received that diagnosis? I think a lot of people didn't really believe it. They still wanted to fall back onto the ADHD aspect of everything, um, but I kind of told people, you don't live the 24 hours that we live you don't always see everything that we see um and I don't know if a lot of things have been different it's just 
I know for us personally, I know I parent much differently. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, things change in the way you parent more than things around you change. Yeah. Um, you're going to look at things differently when people say things about your child or look at your child. Before you're like, oh, you know, forgive him. Now you're like, hey, he has autism, so give me a break, <laughs> you know. Um, but I think um, once you get into therapies and uh, therapies for, for your uh, parents to learn how to cope and deal with uh, your child at home, that helps when you're out in public um, and the way you uh, kind of... Uh, de-escalate a situation that may before have been escalated by your son or daughter. Um, You're able to help that child a little bit easier. For friends and family that are listening, friends and family of those going through the diagnosis process, how can they support families? How do you wish people had supported you? I wish they came to uh, the classes with us uh, or... I think also being understanding and doing their own research. Autism isn't a one-size-fits-all, and people just automatically go to the nonverbal, never going to eat correct, quote-unquote correctly, never going to you know be potty trained type deal. But it's it's not that. It's a faster you know for Joseph. It might be the social and behavior aspects of things. You know, for us, that's what we deal with more is the behavior side of things because. Because we got him into the speech therapy, he was able to, you know, now become pretty verbal and has, you know, good things. But I think really just being understanding and knowing that this is a new diagnosis, a new thing that they have to learn. Because I feel like we're just probably now to the point where we fully understand everything, especially after going through the the Ruby parenting class, like that probably was the best. But I agree, Michael. I think most, if you could bring in more people to that um, and just being kind and just being considerate and knowing that, it again, it's not a one-size-fits-all and things are going to look different. Yeah, you'll figure out who your friends are. Pretty quickly? Yeah, uh, yeah. people that want to hang out with you or are scared as your child. They won't be around much anymore. Um, I mean, it also depends on the child and the person that has autism, because autism uh, looks many different ways. Uh, With Joseph, it's more um, uh, aggressive. Um, He uh, hits for no reason at all. That's our biggest issue we have now. Uh, So a lot of parents look at that, and they may not want their kid around um, Joseph, but... uh, after a while, they realize he's not doing it uh, to hurt anybody. Uh, so it will take time, but they'll come back around. What's your advice for coping and dealing with those people that do fall out of your life? Or when you feel like you're being judged or other parents are looking at you in a certain way in those situations, how do you deal with it best? Well, sometimes I've been known to say, nothing to see here, keep walking. <laughs> um, or I just, you know, I really kind of zone into Joseph. If let's say he's having a tantrum or he's taking his clothes off because Toys R Us is closing or, you know, things, I just kind of let him be and try to get him in a safe environment. Cause really I'm not concerned about those people judging me. It's about making sure my son is safe. It's making sure I can provide what he needs 
or we can provide what he needs at that moment, whether it's, you know, scooping him up in the middle of Hobby Lobby and running out the door because he saw a train that he can't do. And that's how we have to handle, you know, we have to immediately remove him from the situation. Um, I think it's, that was definitely a learning curve. And I just, it, it's hard. I think it's something that you're going to deal with on really on the daily basis, just because people are going to come in, people are not going to understand, you're going to be embarrassed. But I think, you know, by doing more podcasts and more, um, what's the word, you know, outreach, outreach things that people are, you know, understanding that kids aren't a one size fits all. Everybody is going through something. So, excuse me, I think you just have to not be embarrassed and just know that that's your child. And it's just a moment. It's a fleeting moment. And from day one, when we got diagnosed to now to say Joseph is a different child, eh, it's, it's, it's getting there, but you know, just know it's just, it's just a moment in time that improvements are coming. And if you have the right support system, the therapist in place, then you'll be able to deal with it. Your friends are going to, some of your friends will change. Oh, you're yeah. talking about friends. Uh, you know, when you're with groups of people um, in his, wherever he or she goes to school or therapy, uh, get to know those parents and those kids because that's going to become your support system and his friends and possibly those parents will be your friends uh, for a long time. I would get around the book of people that understand yes. who you are. Um, and what you're going through because uh, that's where your support system is going to be versus your old friends. Um, I think that's the best I, advice I can give to a parent with somebody who has autism that just learned they have autism because you're going to learn from the kid parents that have been around the block a couple of times, that have been there for a year. Um, when Joseph got diagnosed uh, with another disease, I um, reached out to somebody that already been down that road so I definitely recommend you uh, just getting with the parents that you see on a regular basis at your therapy appointments or at school because they're going to be the ones that are around with you the most and understand what your child's going through and understand what you're going through and I think you're definitely going to be on guard you're going to be like watching your child 24 7 but then as you start to see you know being around other special need kids but also being around neurotypical kids are good too so you can't totally isolate your child you have to go on those play dates you have to slowly integrate them into activities where they're interacting with other people so you can learn to cope they can learn to cope and then that also teaches other people how to cope and handle those situations whether it's friends family strangers the park the store don't be afraid of an ipad with autistic children I've had it sometimes your friend. Could be your best friend. Could be your best friend. <laughs> I um, when it comes to normal kids, they say limit screen time. Sometimes they need that screen time to just relax their brain. Um, and then it gives you the ability to do what you need to do, um, parent-wise, or um, they may actually listen to you better with that. Just find what works best for your child and don't be afraid to use it. Um, I use the screen with Joseph a lot and he gets things done when he needs to because of that screen. Um, So that's one thing I recommend because it's people are complain about that screen time but once you go into a lot of therapy appointments you see how many other kids that have autism (laughs) that have screens and you go 
God bless America. <laughs> and God for Apple. And Wi-Fi. God bless <laughs> Wi-Fi and Apple. I love me some Apple. Where's your Wi-Fi password? Yes. <laughs> Get Sprint. It's unlimited. <laughs> Don't worry about no Wi-Fi. How, how would you say that Joseph's life changed after the diagnosis? I think Joseph didn't change. We changed the way we interacted with Joseph. And because the way we changed, interact with Joseph, he was able to understand our, what we wanted. So he's still the same little boy, but now he's actually doing things that we need him to do because we understand how to communicate with him. Well, and we put things in place like ABA so that he could, or speech, so that, that he could understand the conversations and one and two and three step directions. So I agree. I don't think Joseph changed. We just were finally able to get the necessary therapies to make him be more successful and thus making us be more successful yeah. with him. Speech is amazing. Once Joseph learned how to speak clearly, he just took off like a bullet. Uh, with speech, and uh, he's a very smart little boy, um, and too smart sometimes for his own good. Uh, but he, uh, <laughs> but I think I, that's really how it works. And I've talked a lot about therapies like speech and OT, but I think you have to remember ENT has been a critical part mm-hmm. for us because of the tubes and that being being part of his regression. So don't don't just forget about or you know the other doctor doctors out there, the ENTs and the GIs and things like that, because that's definitely played a role because, you know, now he's in feeding therapy and now that we've changed his diet and he's eating more regularly foods, better, you know, healthier foods, then that's changed a lot of stuff too. So I don't want to think, oh, it's just speech, it's just ABA, it's just OT, but it's also ENT and GI. It's, it's, it takes a village. It literally does. It takes a village, and if we didn't have the village, whether it be church, family, friends, the therapist, it would, I don't know what we would do, actually. (laughs) How have you guys practiced self-care and made time for each other outside of that time with the special needs community? We are members of our local church, and uh, I do men's groups, Shannon Last year did women's groups. We do a couples group. Uh, we found the young lady in our neighborhood this year um, that watches Joseph for us um, once a week so that we can go to uh, dinner or um, our Bible couples study. Bible study. Um, and she took a, a babysitting course to be able to take care of Joseph and wanted to learn everything he, she could to uh, take care of Joseph. So I definitely recommend um, finding an older person that was interested in helping out uh, taking care of your child or um, an ABA therapy program like Apple Seeds that actually has a uh, date night date night um, because that so before we had her that was the uh, key of everything for we can spend time together is go to Apple Seeds um, but and we've gotten involved I've gotten involved with some moms at Apple Seeds, that's helped, um, especially those of us that are further down the road with those moms that are just now on the road. So that's been um, that's been good. And um, we make a calendar of all the stuff that we have to do. 
Um, so if single parents out there, calendars are the most important thing when it comes to knowing exactly what he, he needs to do or she needs to do, as well as what time you set aside for yourself. Um, if it's on the calendar, you know you're, you're going to yeah. do it. Uh, if it's not on the calendar, it's just going to go walk away from you because of all the things that you have to do for your child. Visual schedules all around. Visual schedules. <laughs> that visual schedule for your child. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Well, and I think, too, we take advantage of um, the time that he's at therapy. So sometimes I work, and Michael's, we're fortunate that he can stay home and be Joseph's chauffeur to therapies and schools and stuff like that. So sometimes I'll race home from a long day of teaching and we'll try to sneak in a 30 or 45 minute whether it's just a coffee date or um so you definitely have to be intentional um because it can be very daunting and it can be very hard but you know together so i have a question um what do you think has been something positive that has I guess not really changing you, but like you're saying how you guys have the coffee dates and things like that. It's hard to maybe look at that and not think that like it has really helped you appreciate those little, you know, because some people, they're like coffee, whatever. But what do you think has been like the most positive thing or like the biggest blessing that maybe has just opened your eyes to appreciate something or, or, you know, something positive like that to come out of everything? I'll be honest. um, For me as a school teacher... Um, going through the parent training classes has made me a way better teacher um, than I, you know, I thought I was a really good teacher already, but I, to be honest, that really helped me deal with those kids that are on the spectrum or are not. Um, <laughs> going through feeding therapy, they do a lot of choices. And I mean, it's amazing. I do that with my eighth graders, choices. Are, are this girl's best friend, you know? Um, so I would say positive, but I think just, I would say we've gotten closer. You know, we definitely, if we're frustrated or whatever, we talk about it, but you just can't beat each other up. That's, you know, I think, I don't know. That's positive for me, definitely, is a better teacher. I feel like I'm a better parent, too. What do you think, Michael? I don't know how to answer that question because I go day by day. Uh, my day is uh, Joseph. So I wake up, figure out what Joseph needs, and I uh, get it done. Uh, I think what's been the best for me is uh, just having the schedule. We, Joseph and I live our lives by schedule. Uh, we get up yeah. at a certain time. Uh, we, do, we go downstairs at a certain time. We eat breakfast and all that. Um, I guess I've always been uh, at work um, my whole life, and now my last three days, three years, I've been uh, out of work, just taking care of my son. So, uh, and that's slowing, a positive thing down for me is uh, yeah. the most po- uh, positive thing for me is slowing down and just uh, taking one one day at a time and not trying to uh, beat the Joneses. Well, and that's positive, too, too. Like, you being able to be home, I mean, that's a huge blessing as well because it is a lot. I mean, especially once you start looking at a calendar and looking at the schedule, it looks like a lot, and then you're trying to figure out, well, how am I going to get all this stuff done? So it is nice that Michael's able to stay home, which I think that's a huge, it is a huge blessing. Yeah, and you also remember there's a lot of um, 
talk about uh, money out there. There's a lot of grants and things for autistic kids. Uh, so definitely make sure you look into uh, those different funds that may be uh, open for you because of the diagnosis, uh, especially with all the therapies and everything. So there may be a way of getting uh, help caregiving and stuff like that yeah. um, because of that diagnosis if you, if you can't uh, leave work. Uh, so I definitely look into that and there's different uh, groups out there that uh, Champion for Kids is one that helps us out. Um, we're able to get money to do different uh, therapy programs, uh, swimming and music programs and stuff like that that we couldn't afford. Uh, so that's definitely something that I recommend. Uh, make sure you know what's out there for you. Yeah. Good idea. Any final advice for those parents that are listening that are going through the diagnosis process right now? Once you get your diagnosis, listen to what they tell you what the next steps are. They will give you everything you need. If you don't listen to what they're telling you to do and you walk away and you put it off, you put it off, you're going to forget exactly what they tell you to do. If you make those phone calls the next day, and start calling like my wife did and get into the programs, then your life is going to change for the better. Because right now it's crazy, but uh, it will just get better. It'll still be crazy, but it'll feel better uh, if you get through the, into the programs that you need, ABA therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy, uh, PT, things like that that will help your child. Yeah, no, I agree. It's following the directions. As soon as... Um, we followed all the scripts we got, and then as soon as we got home with, um, well, as soon as they mailed the actual 17, 20-page document to us, um, I found a few lo- little things that we hadn't started, like the FBA and the positive supports um, playing at school. So I made sure to get those implemented. So I think it's just reading the whole entire document. I know you were there at the evaluation, and you know what you saw, but reading exactly what on that paper and then following the directions of the doctor because that I mean I think that's why Joseph has been so successful we haven't we've done everything we were supposed to do we followed every advice we didn't you know say no to the point where now I mean he's tested out of speech at school because he's rocking and rolling but it didn't it wouldn't have happened if we wouldn't have gotten the autism diagnosis Let's just be honest. And involved with Appleseeds. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Thanks for listening to a Piece of Hope podcast. To learn more about Piece of Hope or to donate to a Piece of Hope scholarship fund, visit appleseedsaba.com forward slash Piece of Hope. Join us next week for more stories, conversations, and advice from the autism community for the autism community.